This is The Ascending Life with Pastor Josh Blevins of Grace Calvary Chapel. You, 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 you. No, I'll tell you what, young people, listen up if you're in this room. If you want to find fulfillment and purpose in life, if you don't want to be burned and hurt by the ills of society and godless culture, then you find yourself in Jesus and you give up yourself for Him. You give up yourself for others and you will find true protection, true healing in this life. Have you ever been in a situation where you thought you were right and turned out you were wrong? Society will tell you to focus on yourself by exploring new ideologies and promoting self-love over everything. But this mindset contradicts what the Word of God has to say. When you focus on what you want over what God is telling you, you deviate from God's path and He doesn't want that for you. Today, Pastor Josh tells us that when you focus on your needs over what God needs of you, you are destined to fail. Now, here's Pastor Josh in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 as he continues his message, Continue in the Better Way. They are afraid that when they leave, they might get arrested. They might come home to their house being ransacked. Someone might find out they're following Jesus. They live in this constantly. They don't get to wake up and, oh, do I feel like going to church today? Maybe I'll just watch it online. No, it's life and death. Paul knew firsthand what it was like to be chained up to a Roman guard for the testimony of Jesus. And back then, at a Roman prison, you starved to death, you didn't have clothes to wear, you didn't have things you needed, unless what? Someone brought it to you. And so Paul says, remember those who are suffering the loss of everything because of their faithfulness to Christ, as if you were chained next to them. What does that look like? Maybe it looks like putting together an Operation Christmas Child box. Maybe it looks like creating a a specific prayer list for areas of the world or people that are persecuted. Maybe it's investing a little more financial sacrifice into a missionary that is reaching people in dangerous parts of the world. I don't know what it is for you, but I know that the Bible calls us, and I am deeply challenged by this, to make it more of a regular pattern in our lives to remember that not everyone has it as easy as we do. Not everyone is as comfortable right now worshiping Jesus and learning his word as we are. In fact, we are in the vast minority of people in that situation. And so he says, remember them, since you yourselves are also in the body. Well, the second way we continue in the better way, and we'll close on this point, but it's going to be a little bit involved, is to, number one, continue in empathy by loving each other, entertaining strangers, and remembering those who are persecuted. Secondly, we continue in sexual purity, within the boundaries of our marital relationships. Look at verse four. Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed is undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. I'm going to tell you basically two applications that I believe this passage tells us about marriage and sexual purity. Number one is simply this. Paul here tells us, that marriage 
can protect against sexual brokenness. Marriage can protect against sexual brokenness. Uh, Yes or no? Would anyone agree that we live in a sexually broken society and culture? Absolutely. You can't deny it unless you put blinders on, you stuck your head in the sand, and you pretended like nothing else existed. The first sin introduced sexual shame into the world, and things have just gone haywire ever since. And you would think that the statistics and logic alone would dictate people's approach to sexuality today. Still, it's evident that Satan's deceptive blinders have effectively covered the moral consciences of billions of people. Think about it just practically. The unprecedented amount of STDs that are diminishing people's lifestyles and even killing them. The epidemic of murderous abortions due to unwanted pregnancies because based on poor sexual decisions, the emotional trauma and scarring that millions carry into their marriages and relationships, the divorces and broken families from adultery, pornography, sex trafficking of human beings and children, sexual abuse in the workplace and home. You would think that as a culture by now, we would have figured out. We should probably teach our kids from an appropriate age that their sexuality is precious, that they should wait till someone they can live in a covenant lifelong relationship with before they give their sexuality away, and they should enjoy a budding, growing, intimate sexual relationship with their spouse and have children and raise their children in the Lord. You would think by now that that is what we'd be telling our kids. Instead, our culture is trying to justify their sexual freedom while minimizing the repercussions of such lifestyles. And then we scratch our heads as to why. What's happening? Do you recognize the hypocrisy of our culture? To wave the flags, Me Too movement, and to how can, how can, all, how can we stomach this, these sexual abuse cases in Hollywood and in the workplaces and all these sorts of things? Great says a people who protect abhorrent pornography as a First Amendment free speech right. Oh, well, there's no connection there. Are you kidding me? That is the connection. You introduce sexual perversion, you introduce sexual brokenness into people's lives, it has its effect, and then you wonder where it came from. I will tell you that Our world will do everything they can to protect their idol of sex and pleasure. Everything. I sadly ran across these articles. I'm sure some of you have seen them, but it is a proof of the sickness that our godless culture has and its intention to indoctrinate and philosophize our children to believe these things. The Texas high school shares posts. I'll let you read that. I don't even want to say it out loud. But this, is, this was a post that the high school counselors page posted on their, their Instagram and social media accounts. Self-love reminders. And there's all sorts. I don't even want to read them to you. First of all, let's take the sex out of it. This is the ideology the world is pushing on your kids. That if you want mental health, Physical health, emotional health, the best way to get it is self-love. Do what's best for you. Do what feels good for you. 
Test the borders and the boundaries to find out your niche and your identity and all of you, 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 you. No, I'll tell you what, young people, listen up if you're in this room. If you want to find fulfillment and purpose in life, if you don't want to be burned and hurt by the ills of society and godless culture, then you find yourself in Jesus and you give up yourself for him. You give up yourself for others and you will find true protection, true healing in this life. But no, here's what we're teaching our kids. If you're anxious, you don't need to deal with it with God. You don't need to deal with the sin inside of you. Just explore the sexual boundaries and find what works for you to relieve your stress. That's satanic. Because no sexual sin in the moment tells you how destructive it's going to leave you in the future. Listen, I'm saying this, I'm going to make this statement with 100% confidence. There will not be one human being who has indulged themselves in sexual immorality, who has embraced identity in their sexuality that is outside of God's design. There won't be a single one of them that will get to the end of their life and say, the pleasure was worth the price. The price is always greater. And like I said, it, it doesn't take someone intelligent to see historically the truth of that statement. But the world does not value intimacy and holiness. They value carnal pleasure above everything. The astronomical statistical increase in teenagers and children who now identify as bisexual, transgender, or any other number of thousands of different identities is not due to an actual biological issue. It has everything to do with radical indoctrination, social pressure, validation from authority, and it's perpetuated through social media and schools and political organizations and universities and sadly, even churches to normalize what God has said is a path of destruction for human beings. You guys, churches today, in the name of Jesus, are promoting drag shows rather than trumpeting the truth of God. The latest being the first Christian church in Katy, Texas, that's having an all-ages family-friendly drag show day, hosted by the church. Listen, it's lies of Satan, and it's destroying people's lives. It's misrepresenting God. It's leading people down a path to hell. Of course I care about it. We should all care about it. We should also care about the reality that the true healing to sexual brokenness comes through knowing the healer. Jesus created you as a sexual being. What he didn't create you was to be defined by your sexuality. He created you to be defined by the person that God created you to be. And this is where Paul would say, well, God's instructions to this issue are simple and effective. Really are. And here, here it is in short. Believe me, I didn't write this. Here's God's solution. Get married and have sex a lot with your wife or your husband. That's God's, that is God's solution. Josh, do you really have to? Paul said it in 1 Corinthians. He said, do not withhold sexual relations from each other. Do it regularly. Do it consistently. Unless you're going to stop so that you can pray and fast. And as soon as you're done, get back together and start having sex again with your husband or your wife. 
Because if you don't, your flesh is going to get tempted and you're going to do something stupid. Paul said that. Of course, I'm paraphrasing it so we can understand it. But in, in, in reality, which tells me this, and forgive me for my rant, but I as a pastor have sat with too many people, too many marriages that are on the brink of destruction because they have introduced sexually sexual immorality into their marriage relationship or into their own life. Let me say this by way of warning for maybe some. Do not excuse away things that are outside of God's best for your sexuality by allowing them into your marriage or into your life. It will have a consequence. Repent, get it out. If you've embraced something as a couple that is questionable morally or ethically, get it out. If, you're, if you have some secret sin or you're hiding some, something on the side, cut it off, get it out, take whatever measures necessary, or you will ultimately destroy the intimacy that God created you to have with your husband or your wife. Is it too late for me, Josh? I mean, listen, I'm going to say this unapologetically. It's what the scripture says. This section would be summed up in saying the only sexual expression that God accepts as healthy and holy is within the confines of the marriage relationship between one man and one woman for life. That is as good as it gets. But how it gets bad is when we start to, as Eve did, look at the temptations that Satan puts outside of God's will. And hear his voice saying, oh, does God really want you to not be happy? Does God really want you to be confined in this marriage? Does God really, did God really say? And so you start experimenting, you start comparing, you start lusting after other people and other ideas and other things. And all of a sudden your view is skewed about who your spouse is and the intimacy that God wants you to have. And it infects your relationship. Do not fall for his lie. For, number two, we see that a strong marriage honored, the marriage bed is undefiled. That means sex is safe within the context of marriage where God designed it to be. Fornicators and adulterers God will judge. In other words, marriage can actually, listen carefully, marriage can save you a good marriage. A faithful marriage can save you from divine judgment. Whoa, Josh, how does that work? A lot of times when we hear God judge, we think heaven and hell, right? We think that in our minds. What God is, what Paul is not saying here is if you've committed adultery or you've struggled in sexual or dabbled in sexual sin in your past, that you're going to hell and there's nothing you can do about it. Paul is not saying that. Then we'd have to erase 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 through 11 that tell us, uh, that yes, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Someone saying amen that we have a God who redeems us from our sin. 
that God, a God who looks at our failures and says, I will still make something come out of this. I can still forgive you. I can still cleanse you from your past and from your sin. So what he's not saying here is that you are going to hell if you ever did anything sexually immoral. So what is he saying? Well, I want to be careful about this, but I believe that this is true both biblically and practically. Sexual immorality has its own divine judgments built into it. God's judgment might look like allowing an STD to take hold of the person who made the decision. God's judgment might, might look like the cheater being discovered and being found out. God's judgment might look, at, look like the loss of a job or the loss of respect of your kids or a broken marriage. King David is a man who is currently in heaven. Do you believe that? I believe that. I believe that King David is a man of faith. He trusted God's sacrifice. King David is also a man who lost his firstborn child because of his decision to commit adultery and murder. There was a judgment. Call it God's allowance of natural consequences, God's divine way. And you say, isn't that kind of rough? No. Listen, sexual deviance and immorality has to have consequences and judgment to it. It has to. Because because of the destruction that it leaves in its path. Romans chapter 1 tells us that God gave up the world to their vile passions. Even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also men, leaving the natural use of women, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful, and notice, receiving in themselves the penalty of the error which was due. I wish I could accurately communicate this because it's so heartbreaking to me. You guys, the, the world can't put two and two together on this. Suicide rates among homosexuals must be the highest because of Christians who can't be nice to homosexuals. Or how about because they know that the, that the path they're pursuing is not what they were designed to pursue, but they're so conflicted because they don't know how to handle their feelings, they don't know how to handle the guilt, they don't know how to handle the shame, and they're being told by the world that they're complete, completely accepted, so they're confused as to why they feel like something's wrong, but why everyone telling, is telling them that something's right. Maybe that's the reason. Maybe we need to help people provide, know that there is a savior who wants to make things right inside of them, who wants to give them a greater identity, who wants to put them on a path where their, their value and their worth isn't determined on their sex partners and their attractions and their gender identities and their demand to use this pronoun and that pronoun. But here's your pronoun, loved by God, forgiven of your sin, accepted in Christ. That's what God wants. So God is redemptive. He's patient. And, but I don't want to lessen the warning. Perhaps there is an area of sexual brokenness represented in this room. Maybe there's just a hurt, a confusion about who you are, a result of unfaithful spouses and broken marriages, and you have seen and you experience even now the damage, the introduction of sexuality outside of God's design has caused in your own life. 
I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you to come to Jesus. I'm not, I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to make you come forward. I'm going to challenge you, though, that if you need to repent of sin, repent. If you need to confess sin, confess. If you need to reignite and rebuild some trust in your marriage that's been broken, then get to work. But let God protect you within the confines of your marriage relationship. And if you are single, then Paul's advice to you is clear. Either stay single if you can control your passions and your desire for sex, and just serve Jesus. In fact, Paul would say, that's the better thing. If you are single and you can stay single and give everything you can to the kingdom of God, then you should choose that. That's not Paul bagging on marriage. He's just saying that's better, especially in the last days. But Paul would say that if you can't control your desires, then you should get married. Well, I don't know if they're going to be compatible with me until I sleep with them and live with them for a little while. Here's what God said. You man, she woman, you compatible. (laughs) Trust me, everything will work. God made it that way. You don't need to practice. But it's Satan, again, it's Satan's lie, you guys, that you know, God's just out there to hamper your fun and to cramp your style. And I can't tell you how grateful I am that I don't have the memory of one other woman or 50 other women that I have to deal with in my marriage with my wife. All these liberal Christians today bagging on, those, you know, the purity culture of the church is so dangerous for youth. Yeah, we wouldn't want... We wouldn't want youth to go into a marriage having been completely pure and give themselves to their spouse for the first time, never having given themselves away to anyone else. Yeah, that's definitely dangerous. Guys, protect your kids. Oh, I don't want to be too legalistic. Protect your kids. They don't have to have what everyone else has. What they need is to get out of your tutelage and training with pure hearts with innocence, with something to give to the one that God wants them to be with. But if you're single, stay single, serve Jesus, or if you can't control your desires, get married. And I'm just going, I'm just rambling now. (laughs) But you singles, you guys, I got to find the perfect person. I just got to find, I got to make sure. Listen, if you're going to have standards, make sure they're biblical standards. Yeah, you want a godly woman, you want a godly man, you want someone with integrity, you want someone, all the biblical, make sure you wait for that. But some of you just need to get married. Well, Josh, that's, that's a dangerous statement. No, listen, when Paul wrote that, there was no such thing as dating. You got married to the people your parents arranged for you to get married to. Well, I don't know, I don't, it doesn't matter. Dad said, you're, this is who you're marrying. Well, how could that work? I'm, by the way, I'm not advocating for this. I'm not, I say, hey, you know, parents, come on, get, get with it. No, what I'm saying is some of you are struggling, single people are struggling in sexual sin, and you're on the borders of like, you're skirting the borders of doing real damage to yourself and others simply because you haven't found that person that you think is going to meet all your needs. You know, marriage isn't about you. You get married because you found the perfect person that's going to meet all your needs. You won't stay married for very long, very happy. Because marriage is about giving yourself away to the benefit of someone else. 
That's all we have time for on today's edition of The Ascending Life with Pastor Josh Flevins. Thanks for tuning in. The Ascending Life is a ministry of Grace Calvary Chapel in St. Joseph, Missouri. And our prayer is that today's message from the book of Hebrews impacted your faith journey in a mighty way. If you have any questions about today's message or would like to connect for other reasons, feel free to give us a call at 816-279-2090. That number again is 816-279-2090. If you'd like to listen to today's teaching again or hear others like it from Pastor Josh, just visit theascendinglife.com and click on media. You can watch our YouTube channel, read our blog, or listen to our podcast. Or better yet, visit us in person. We meet each Sunday at 8 and 10 a.m. and would love to have you join us. At Grace Calvary Chapel, we believe in awakening people to the love, truth, and power of God. If you're looking for a place where you can experience the love, truth, and power of God, we'd love to be that space for you. All are welcome, so come just as you are. For directions and other information about who we are and what we believe in, visit theascendinglife.com. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram to receive daily encouragement too. Well, that's it for today. But thanks again for tuning in to today's message with Pastor Josh. Join us again next time to learn more from the mighty book of Hebrews right here on The Ascending Life. Reaching up, we're pressing